Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, 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 welcome to the show today. We got we're here Friday, which is which is a switch for us, obviously. But I'm really glad to be here, and I hope you're glad to be here too. My name is Charlotte, and I'll be your host for the next hour. And I own the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team at www.californiahaunts.org and Sacramento. We're 35 strong up and down the state of California and Nevada, Oregon, Washington, and parts of Hawaii. Also, if you want to find these shows, we have a lot of um, shows out there. There's over 75 shows that we've done the last couple of years, and you can find those at www.californiahauntsradio.com, and you can check that out. Today, we've got a great guest, Dr. Linda Back- Backman. I hope I said it backman. Backman. I'm horrible with names, but we got a great guest today, and um, I heard her on another show, and she said stuff about past, lives, past life experiences and NDEs that I had never heard of, so I really want to get her on and talk to her about that. So without further ado, in fact, I have someone in the chat room, so let's check that out. Who we got? Hello, Monica. Monica, my, my, I got to behave today. My producer is in the chat room today. It's Monica Funk, so I got to behave myself. Anyhow, um, let me bring Linda in so we can just get this thing started, okay? Here we go. Hello. Hi, Charlotte. Good to be uh, here. How are you today? I am very well, thank you. I hope you are too. I am. I feel great. Tell everybody about yourself. Well, um, I'm a psychologist by training, and um, I've been in private practice over 40 years. I've been guiding what I call soul regression, understanding the soul, past lives, planning each life. I've been guiding regression about 28 years. So um, that's the very nutshell version of me and what I do. And you've written some books about it too, right? I have written three books and they all contain content, direct client details um, to help people understand what we learn in past life soul regression and between lives soul regression. Okay. This is what, this is what I was fascinated with uh, from, I'm not going to name the other show, but the other guys was the between life thing that that's what got my attention because you don't hear about that a lot. So let's talk about let's talk about what that is because that yeah that that's that's what really I mean that, that was, I was half asleep and then all of a sudden I heard between life and I was like I'm awake now. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes people say to me, "Well, Linda, if I'm going to have a regression, um, which between lives am I going to?" So to get this to make more sense, because that term between lives is a little confusing. So, um, long story short, Charlotte, when I guide a regression for someone, um, I may be guiding what I call a past life soul regression, which is just what it says. It's guiding the client to discover. Um, an important past life of theirs, or if I'm guiding a between life soul regression, then I'm guiding a client to not only discover a significant past life, but to go all the way through that past life. And we can talk about, so why, you know, how is it determined what life comes forward, Mm -hmm. but 
we go through a past life, scene by scene, important detail by important detail. We go all the way to the death scene. The client experiences mm-hmm. this, and then we work at the soul level. So it's that soul level that you know between lives relates to. Right, right, right. So what does it mean exactly? Uh, you know, if somebody dies, and then they're going to come back. What happens after they die to get to the point that they're coming back? Well, okay. Uh, you know, it's this 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 big topic with small questions that, you know, open up big doors of explanation. So that's what I do. <laughs> and that's your that's your job. So that's great. That's great. Um so I'm gonna just back up and just say okay. when when I fell into this kind of work. I didn't believe in any of this. Now that's 28 years ago, but when I fell into this kind of work, if you if you'd met me, um, you would have been meeting a conventional psychologist who uh, didn't know if reincarnation was was valid or was invalid. And mm-hmm. I can explain if you want me to sure. um, how how I got to this point. So okay, all right. So we'll you know it's like making Go the story, story bigger and bigger. Building, building, building. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, okay, so here's what happened. In 1993, I'm in my middle 40s. I'm minding my own business. That's the way I always tell the story. I'm minding my own business as a psychologist in general private practice, doing what you would imagine a general psychologist does. I don't know if I believe in the soul or reincarnation, and I have a very dear colleague die in his early 30s from a type of cancer. He, he passes, he dies, and literally within 24 to 48 hours, I am sure, I am convinced that he's talking to me from the other side. And uh, I mean, lots of people have had that experience, but you know, I had never had that experience. So I sense him intuitively communicating with me. And then I began to sense that in my mind's eye and my sort of mental intuitive imagery, I'm seeing scenes of past lives I've shared with him. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, half of me, Charlotte, thinks this is the weirdest stuff I've ever heard of. And the other half of me is completely fascinated. So, and this is all totally and truly how this all happened. So I'm married. I've still married to that same person who's been my life partner for a long time. My husband um, is a university professor and we've never talked about reincarnation. We're very liberal people, but we've never talked about that. So I say to my husband who knew my colleague well, I say to my husband, I've got to tell you what's going on. And, you know, as people might say to their, to their spouse, to their life partner, and honey, if you think this is crazy, Tell me you think I've lost my mind. So I explained to Earl what's going on. And he looks at me with this calm look. And so Charlotte, I say back to him, you don't think this is weird, do you? And he says, no. And I said, well, why not? And basically he said, I must have repressed. This is what my husband said. He, I must have repressed what happened to me as a boy. And he said, when I was about 10, which he cast this aside and blocked it out of his memory until this day in 1993. Um, Earl said, I remembered my past lives in detail when I was a, a boy. I knew there were my lives. I knew the details of my lives, but I never told anyone because I thought they would think I was the weirdest kid, you know, in, uh, in the neighborhood. Right. 
So Earl says, if you want to study this, my husband's not a psychologist. Mm -hmm. If you want to study this, go for it. So that the doors just flew open and I started reading everything I could put my hands on. That's 28 years ago. I've been guiding regression. Oh, for probably 27 and a half years after I learned how to do that. A uh, question in the chat room is why did we come back? Oh, great question. Um, simple answer, because our soul is required to evolve and we evolve primarily in body. We're in the school of evolution when we're living these lives day by day by day. This is how we grow and learn. And I'm, I'm sure some of the listeners are going, I must be learning either a lot or nothing <laughs> because my life is complicated. And, uh, but we learn in body, not out of body. I know I saw a question the other day on Facebook about um, what are your guardian angels doing right now? And I got, to, I sat down to think and I thought, you know what? Mine must be drinking heavily. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what up with me? What up with me? So what happens after you die? What's the transition then? Because obviously you know, you're going to die and then you're going to come back. So how, how are you able to choose do you choose how you come back or does somebody else choose how you come back? Mm, good question. Okay. So basic concept, when we're alive in these bodies, Linda's body, Charlotte's body, we have a portion, a slice, an aspect of our soul that causes us to be alive. The remainder of our soul energy is in the spiritual realm and that's our higher self. So we're always soul and body, soul and spirit at all times. When we pass, when this body, when the cardiopulmonary functions of our physical body, you know, cease um, to operate, then that piece of soul that lives within us speeds up its frequency, is released out of our physical body, and gradually returns. You can see I can't talk without my hands. Uh -huh. I gra gra gradually moves higher and higher and higher and reconnects with our higher self. And then, and we, as you just said, so you're, you're right on, we all have guardian angels, spiritual guides, whatever term fits for people. And it's those guides that support us, uh, assist us. The more evolved we are as a soul, which happens by living many, many, many lifetimes, the more evolved we are as a soul, the greater freedom we have with our guides to plan each lifetime. And okay. so it's almost like, you know, if you're in sixth grade versus first grade, if you're in sixth grade, you're more capable of managing yourself. If you're in first grade, you're going to need the teacher and your mom or your dad or, you know, someone close to you takes you literally into the classroom. It's that it's that same concept. I had heard that um, after we pass, you know, and we do have, these, like you say, these choices to figure out what what we want to be in the next life that some people, some souls will choose to have a harder life than what they had before. Is, is, is that, is that right? Well, okay. The, the simple answer to that, sometimes I have clients come in and I'm doing the interview and getting to know my client before we begin the regression. And often clients will say to me, 
I must be a really young soul. And I'll say, well, what makes you think that? And they'll say, because my life this time has been so hard, you know, my mom was ill when I was 12, or my dad was an alcoholic, or I've had three different father figures, or, you know, whatever it might be. And, and I'll say, oh, no, 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 you are a more advanced soul. For, and, and they'll say, well, why do you think that? And I'll say, well, for a couple of reasons. One is you've decided to clean up. You know, we have karma. We make mm -hmm. free, free will choices when we're in body. That is the unique aspect of human incarnation is free will. So we're allowed to clean up stuff. We're not, you know, there's not a black mark on us forever and ever and ever. And so oftentimes the more complicated our life, the more we're reaching much higher levels of evolution because we've, we've decided to clean up a lot of karma in one lifetime. And then I wanna add in one more really important piece. And it isn't just that we're cleaning up a lot of karma. It also might be we're going through tough circumstances because we're serving as a teacher in body. And how we react to those circumstances is demonstrating our ability to support other people. Okay, okay. Um, now, uh, one of the greatest things I've heard from people is that uh, people always think they come back as, as or, or that they were famous people. Why? I, I guess that's just human nature that that we don't want to be like, like like regular Joe in a past life. We want to be, you know, somebody really cool. How many people um, have you? worked with over the years that had been somebody of, of, of name and nature, you know, back in the old days, the past. Well, it, it's not that that never happens for me, but mm -hmm. it's rare. It's rare. And so, you know, the, the, the silly thing I often say, and this is actually true. Um, I've regressed maybe five or six Mary Magdalene's. <laughs> all the all those people were not the soul of Mary Magdalene. There might have been one of those that could have been the soul of Mary Magdalene. But then you know, when I'm teaching people about this kind of work, I'll say, well, you know a lot. For, you know, we've done this regression. You seem to know a lot about the time or the life of just to use Mary Magdalene as an right. example. Um, but it can mean my client was someone close to Mary Magdalene. Okay. It, it doesn't necessarily mean just because they can relate a lot of details about some particular person that they were that person. Now that brings me to my next question. As, as we go through these, these past lives or as we're reborn, are we in contact with the same people over and over? Oh, good question. Um, it, the answer is yes. So so the bottom line, if, if, if I answer these things, you know, without getting too complicated, um, mm -hmm. and I would we'll probably gradually get into more complicated stuff, but um, yes, it, 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 think about, as everybody's listening, think that you, meaning Charlotte or me or any of the listeners, you belong to a soul pod. I like okay. to call it a soul pod. It's about 10 to 20 souls. Those are the souls that you have most... No, you don't have every life with all of those souls, but you have repetitive lives with more of those souls than any other souls. And then additional comment, um, 
and I can use my own life to explain this. So I have two children. I have two adult children. One is in my pod, the pod I'm a part of. Then there are like, here's a pod and let's see if I can get, so that's obvious. So here's another pod. One of our children is in Linda's pod. And one of our children is in the pod next door or an adjacent pod. Mm -hmm. So we have most of our lives with souls in our pod. And then, you know, in, in, in sort of decreasing frequency, then we have lives with next door neighbor pods. Okay. Yeah. Is that why people get deja vu sometimes when, when, when they're walking down the street and they see somebody and they think, man, that person is familiar, even though I don't know them. I think that happens for a variety of reasons. It can be, it's sort of like maybe the easier example is you meet somebody that you've never okay. met before. You, 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 you know, you literally, you go to a party or you meet a new neighbor or something. Um, and it's like, oh my gosh, I feel so comfortable with this person. Or I really feel like I've known this person before. It works that way. And yet what's also important just to insert important pieces is, Sometimes we meet someone and we feel guilty and we say nothing about it, but internally we're saying, I just don't like this person. And I feel, I feel kind of stupid about not liking this person. It may be you've known them before and something challenging occurred in the past life. Okay. Okay. Now along that line, I saw a a TV show, God, years and years, I shouldn't use the word God, people get mad at me, years and years ago on KBIE where they were talking about birthmarks uh, yeah, and how birthmarks could be maybe something that an injury or something that you had in a past life. Yes. Both birthmarks, literal marks on your body um, mm-hmm. as, as well as unexplained uh, like a pain in your right side. And for mm-hmm. 10 years you went to, five different doctors and no doctor finds any explanation that can be that something happened there in the right side of your body in a past life. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Another question. Are, see, Monica says my producer, I got to behave myself. Like I said, is she psychic or, and like, how does she know this about people? Well, okay. Two, two, two answers. Thank you. Thank you, Monica, for that question. Um, so I think this is, this piece is really important. It's like I pause because some things are a little bit complicated to explain. Sure. Um, so when I guide a regression, I'm not the channel, the intuitive person that's telling the client about the past life. There are people that do that and they're very, they're very good at it. I'm guiding the client to relax and I'm guiding the client to do the discovery of the past life themselves. And the client is describing the details. They're, they're basically reliving the past life. I'm recording it and helping it move. So, you know, am I somewhat intuitive? Well, sure. But lots of us are somewhat intuitive. Some people are more easily intuitive than others, but I'm guiding the people that I work with to tell me about the past life, the between life, the spiritual guide, the planning of current life, how and why that happened and that sort of thing. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And what makes people come? I mean, 
Well, yeah. What, what makes people come forward to you to have you do a regression? What happens to them, you know, the point that they come? Lots of different reasons. Um, one common reason is someone close to them has died and they're grieving the loss of a special person in their life. And they want to understand where did that person go? They want, they, they hopefully that, you know, they're seeking some verification that our soul is immortal, which uh -huh. of course, of course it is. So that's one reason. Um, uh, other people have relationships they don't understand. They want to know if they're tied to past lives. They have physical issues. They have fears they don't understand. Um, and, and so that's another, another reason for coming for regression. Um, I'll add in and we can go down this road if you want. It sure. may not, it may not surprise, it may not surprise listeners that we have lives on earth, of course, but it also may not surprise listeners that we can have lives somewhere other than on earth. So when I work with clients, that kind of information often comes forward that I might be working with someone um, who's not had many lives in body on earth. And one of my books is all client material about souls that I've been taught to call interplanetary souls, meaning they don't always embody on earth and they're highly unique kinds of people. Let's go there. I think that's what got, that's what got my attention that night. <laughs> I was okay. like, what? Yeah. Never heard of that. So let's talk about that. How does that work? Well, um, I'll explain it this way. So sure. years ago, I had a mentor who is someone who is no longer alive, who wrote some of the early books on the concept of between lives regression. And I remember when I studied with him, oh, back 22, 24 years ago, um, he would say to us, those of us training with him, um, he would say, sometimes, you know, class, you're going to have a client who, when you guide them to a past life, they go to a past life, not on earth. So I heard that, I took it in, I thought, okay, fine. And in maybe the first three to five years of my regression practice, I didn't have many clients. Um, mm -hmm. I had few that went to past lives, not on earth. Then Charlotte, all of a sudden, I started having many clients who are souls that don't typically incarnate on earth. And as I thought about it, and for years I've guided regression, you know, most weeks uh, uh, for many, many years and, and frequently, you know, far more than once in a week. And so I started noticing that 50 to 60% of my clients were going to past lives, not on earth or were souls we might say that come from somewhere other than earth. So I'd reached the point where I could intuitively uh, gain some insight from my own guides. So I said mm -hmm. to my guides, so what's the point, spiritual guides? Why is my work shifting in this manner? And basically my guide said, because we want you, Linda, to understand these souls. They are highly unique. They have significant gifts. They have significant challenges. And we want you to be able to support them and help them 
function more comfortably on earth in an earth body. So we're basically sending more of these clients your way. So you learn more and can assist these people more. So are, 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 are these the ones that are heaven bound or, or, or you know, wherever it is heaven bound or are these actually living on other planets elsewhere? These are, let me see if I can explain it as clearly as possible. So we, so this is what I've learned from regression. I didn't pluck this out of the air. I didn't channel it. I have nothing against capable channels and mediums, but I didn't channel it. So there are souls that are created and intended to incarnate primarily on earth. Okay. There are, there are souls that are created and intended to not come to earth primarily. Okay. In, other, in other words, the bottom line is there's life elsewhere. There's intelligent life elsewhere. And so uh, I call souls that incarnate primarily on earth, earth-based souls. And I hope people hear that because sometimes they think I'm saying earth-bound souls. Mm -hmm. I, don't mean, I don't mean a soul that's stuck. Uh, so earth-based souls is a soul that comes here primarily. Interplanetary souls are souls that come from somewhere else in the universe. And when they come to earth, the only reason interplanetary, or I call them IP souls, the only reason IP souls come to earth is because they come from healthy locations in the universe and they bring their wisdom with them to try to help evolve humanity. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. And like you said, you, you found this out via, you know, regressions. What was your first thought when, when this came out? That's, that's also a good question. Um, well, you know, I guess I'll say if you'd met me before 93, mm -hmm. you, you would have met someone who would have thought this kind of stuff was too weird. Mm -hmm. Really, really and truly. Um, and so as I began to learn more and more about IP souls and I'll, the listening audience might want to know, cause there's one more type of soul, if you will, okay. that I've learned about through regression. But um, at first it seemed a little bit weird. And then it began to make so much sense because I started realizing the characteristics of IP souls, the nature of IP souls that are here because we need their wisdom. Um, and yet they often don't understand themselves and they wonder why they're so different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, this is just, this just has me just, you've lured me in, you know, with this stuff. Good. Um, do you tell me about any cases that, that were really interesting that, that, that you did work on? Oh, gosh, lots of them. Um, well, one pops in my mind actually from yesterday, which is interesting. Um, so um, yesterday I worked with a man, um, a young adult man, and um, he is highly educated. Mm -hmm. His focus is that he does international consulting. He consults with um, countries all over the world on um, how to manage their forests, 
how to how to deal with the greenhouse gases that um, that exist. You know, all about climate change and mm -hmm. caring for our forests. Um, he knows he's different. He's if you met him, I mean, he looks like your average person. Um, lives his life in many average ways. He's you know respected for his work. And he's a, he's an IP soul. And the reason he, he, he said to me, he said, from the time I was a teenager, I was utterly fascinated with trees and forests. People thought I was strange. They didn't understand why I was so, you know, tied to trees and forests. He said, so, so he has undergraduate and graduate degrees in the field of environmental science and, and forestry from some very reputable educational programs. And again, he consults all over the world. He's an interplanetary soul that understands um, how nature and the atmosphere, I mean, he could explain it far better than I could, but mm -hmm. um, he's, an, he's an interplanetary soul. So, I mean, uh, can these be categorized as, as the star children or no? Yes, yes. Okay. I think, you know, we have all these terms, um, star children, indigo children, um, rainbow children, star seeds, mm -hmm. uh, uh, all those terms tend to relate to people whose souls have not been in body on earth very many times and who come from somewhere in the universe that is highly healthy, could be. So, you know, then people might say, well, Linda, what do you mean by extremely healthy? Um, so, there are more locations in the universe that have highly intelligent life than we could even enumerate. And, right. and people, people think, well, we're, we're only talking about the Pleiades and Arcturus and blah, blah, blah. No, we're talking about places with names that would have no meaning or we don't know the names. And so it's a myriad of, uh, of advancement and skills of these interplanetary cultures. Some are very, very science oriented and very left brained. Some are very, very relational and humanitarian oriented and the quality of life is, is right brained. Some are, you know, a mix, some are nature or, you know, some are tree related, some are water related. Mm -hmm. They're highly unique. Now I'm thinking about that movie made uh, made in heaven with Timothy Hutton. Mm -hmm. And what is it like when, when somebody passes away and the, I, is there a process that right after they die to decide, you know, what they're going to do in there? Like we talked about, you know, the discussions with the, with their, with, with their guardian angels. But I mean, there, there has to be some kind of, well, the luck they say life review before you decide you go, you come back. Right. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I, again, this is great because you'll bring up things I won't even think to talk about. Yes. When we when we finish a life, we generally come upon a panel of wise teachers. And that panel of wise teachers basically says to us, you know, so Charlotte, so Linda, you know, whoever, um, talk to me about what you feel like you accomplished in that life you just finished and what you didn't accomplish. And mm -hmm. what this, this panel um, 
uh, of we're not talking about punitive advisors we're but we're talking about a support team but what they're seeking is for us to be honest so you know we might say well you know i had two different significant life partners in my life and i think i learned a lot from the first partnership because i was a much better partner but in the first partnership was kind of into myself and you know i don't think i paid enough attention to my partner but i improved all they're mm -hmm. looking for is honesty they're looking for transparency and if we're owning what we could have done better as mm -hmm. well as things we accomplished that's what they're seeking okay okay now going back to that again um are we like uh, does somebody else or the collective, do they choose who or what we come back as, or are we allowed to say, Hey, you know what? I want to, I want to be this, or I want to be that. Um, we are given broader choices, the more evolved we are. Okay. So, so if we're, you know, and, and I, I also want people to hear when we're talking about soul evolution, I'm not saying because you're an eight on a scale of 10, that makes you wonderful or more important. No, it just means you've had a lot of lives and you've done a lot of work in many of those lives. So the more evolved you are, then you can say, you know, I want to, you know, I want to come back. Um, sometimes we choose challenging lives. So, you know, sometimes we're choosing, I'm going to have a physical defect. I'm going to have a mental challenge. Um, I'm going to be part of the LGBTQ community. And I have to deal with that, but I'm also going to serve as a teacher. When we're earlier in our evolutionary process, for the most part, our guides recommend um what our life might look like okay. but we we choose we choose we, we choose our parents we choose the geography of where we're going to be born yeah we yeah lots of choices okay so yeah so if i'm if i'm, under, if I'm understanding this right then the more your soul evolves the better your your next life can become then correct I'd say no, not exactly correct. Okay. Um, the more you evolve, the more choice you have. You have, okay. And, and so the more you evolve, you might plan, I like to call it to script a life. The, the more evolved you are, you might script a really challenging life. Either to clean up karma right. more quick, quickly or to aid in the teaching of others. So if your life looks complicated, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a young soul. But, mm -hmm. but also, you know, kind of pertaining, Charlotte, to your question, um, we do get to choose lives like uh, sort of a respite life. You know, sure. like, okay, this life's going to be easier. I'm going to be pretty healthy. I'm going to be slightly more than of average intelligence. I'm going to have a fairly solid family. We mm -hmm. do, but we don't evolve as fast in smooth, easy lives. Okay. That's understandable. Yeah. How many past lives can we have? Yeah. People ask me that a lot. I would say um, when people think about, well, two things. One is 
for, for people not to overly focus on number of lives, because sometimes I've had people come for regression and they'll say, well, Linda, I went to this, you know, uh, psychic fair. I went to this mind, body, spirit fair, and I stopped and had a reading with X, you know, intuitive person. And he told me, she told me that I've had 1,347 lives. <laughs> wow. Isn't that amazing? And I say to them, actually, it it's not necessarily amazing. It's what did you do in most of those lives? So most of us, if we've had most of our lives on earth, we've had hundreds, if not a thousand or more lives. If we're an interplanetary soul, we may have many past lives anywhere, mm -hmm. or if we're an interplanetary soul, we may not have many past lives. We come from a setting, a location in the, in the, in the greater celestial realm where the souls don't primarily incarnate because they evolve at their home location. Okay. Okay. Another chat room question. So if you have a pot of people and you have, and you have not evolved, but your current husband is more mature than you, is he still in your pod? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. That, that's beautiful. So everybody think about um, the neighborhood you grew up in as a kid, or if you're as old as I am, you think about homeroom at school. Mm -hmm. And so in that home neighborhood, you're going to have, let's just say, 15 kids that live within three blocks of each other. Mm -hmm. And and each of them is going to learn or evolve at a different rate. So you can have you can have souls in your pod that have not evolved as much as you or vice versa, because it's all up to us. It's all free will choice. Mm -hmm. um, how quickly we evolve. Okay. Makes a lot yeah. of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So have you been regressed at all? Oh, yes. Yeah. And yeah. can I yeah. ask what you were in a past life or is that too personal? Oh, no, no, that, no, no, no. That's not, that's not too personal. Um, well, I'll just say, because I know a lot about my past lives. Okay. So um, that's a totally reasonable question. I know I have lives uh, pre-crucifixion. A lot of us have, I, I, so I'm an earth-based soul. That might help people. Um, I, I, I happen to be an earth-based soul. I have tapped into some of my lives pre-crucifixion. Okay. It is moderately common. So, so when I make statements about crucifixion and Mary Magdalene, I'm not speaking about um, uh, having to be tied to some kind of religious perspective. That's not what I'm talking okay. about. Um, but there are many people on the planet today, especially earth-based souls that lived um, within 300 years on either side of the crucifixion. Um, and so I, I have a life during the time period um, when the one we know as Jesus was alive. Um, I, I always say to people, you know, study your history. And, and again, I'm not talking about, about religious, you know, religion per se, but study your history. Number one, you'll know that that person that we call, that we named Jesus, that wasn't his name. That's a name given to that incarnate soul after the crucifixion. 
Um, so, so I know about my lives pre-crucifixion. Um, well, here, here, this is probably an important piece. It's like, I'm, I'm thinking, which lives do I talk about? We, um, we can have overlapping lives. Now that might surprise people. So I know that I've had, oh, probably three to six lives that I know about mm -hmm. within, within the last 150 to 200 earth years. And our lives can overlap in time because our soul is able to incarnate in more than one body simultaneously. That, that doesn't happen for all souls, but it happens for a lot of souls. Um, so for people who, who have either tapped into their lives on their own or with regression, and you start getting confused and you think, well, I couldn't, I couldn't have had that life in the 1880s because, you know, then I had this life where I was born in 1905. Mm -hmm. No, no, you can, you can have overlapping lives. Um, yeah. Now, see, I've never heard of that. I never knew that could happen. And, and I just want, I, I want listeners to know, how did I learn about all this? over 27 years of guiding regression where I learn client after client after client. And I start saying to myself, Oh, I heard that same explanation from three clients two months ago, or I heard that same information, you know, from three clients, they don't know each other. Um, mm -hmm. That's how I've learned this. And, and, you know, that probably everybody is kind of getting this, flavor but but one important piece of information is that it's each of our souls in body that is the means of evolving humanity in other mm -hmm. words we we might say oh well i think there's some divine power and there is a higher power but i think there's some divine power that's going to move us forward what I've learned from regression is no, it's my job and Charlotte's job and Monica's job and Jim and Joe and Susie and whoever else. It, it's our job. Yeah. Now this might have been asked already, but, uh, or you might've covered this already, but um, you, know, you were talking earlier about mature souls. Do you, in order to get to mature your soul, that, that, that's you figuring out what you're going to be in the next life. Correct. Yes, that's you figuring out what you're going to be in the next life. But even more so, it's how are you living your life today? Okay. What are you doing in your life today? And so now we're talking about life purpose, which is, sure. pro which is probably, you know, you asked me this question a, a, a while ago as we've sure. been talking. Um, the most common question that clients come to a between lives regression uh, you know, th th that they hope the question will be answered is why am I in body? Mm -hmm. For what reason did I plan my current life? So two things and two things I often say to people, even before we begin the regression, I'll say, uh, uh, first of all, I'll say, we don't just have a purpose. We have purposes. And also we don't just have a purpose like, oh, you know, Linda Backman has a purpose because she does this kind of work. Right. Well, sure. Well, sure. That's part of my purpose. But another part of my purpose um, is to be committed um, as a parent and a grandparent 
or to be a helpful neighbor that supports my neighbors or does organic gardening and helps my neighbors know how to do organic gardening or, you know, rescues, you know, all my animals in my house are rescue animals. We have purposes, but that is a key reason that people come for regression. And I just had a thought too, talking about these, these pod people that are, you know, kind of circling you. Right. Could that be somebody, let's say you get a flat tire on the freeway and the Good Samaritan comes to help. Yes. Could that be somebody that you knew in a past life that, that's coming to help you? Yes, absolutely. It, it's it's that, you know, that angel, someone we call yeah. an angel. It's like, well, where did you come from? You know, I didn't know how I was going to solve this issue in my life. And yes, so it isn't necessarily you know, your best friend, your partner, Mm -hmm. your child, it can be, yes. Um, I won't go off into this very, very long story, but it makes me remember. So I'll I'll make this kind of short, but um, I remember when our son was about to get married and um, this is now some years back, but um, I was, uh, and, and this is a little easier for me just because because of the kind of work that I do, but I was putting together a, a photo book. Photos, this is pre-digital, you know, digital, this is probably 18, 20 years ago. Um, and, and so I'm putting together photos, you know, young child photos of my child matched up with the person who's about to be our daughter-in-law. And I'm so I've gotten pictures from the mother of our daughter-in-law. So I'm matching up three months, three months, one year, one year, blah, 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 of uh, son and daughter-in-law. And all of a sudden I looked into the face and I, I'd known our daughter-in-law for maybe six, eight years because they mm-hmm. dated for a while. And so I looked in the, to the face, this little child's face, pictures I'd never seen before of our daughter-in-law and very quickly I had a strong sense I'd known her in past lives. And then I had someone help facilitate me to discover the past life where I knew. So I just had this intuitive hit. And then someone assisted me to access uh, the past life details of knowing her before. So it could be somebody not part of your family, somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be anybody. Another question I have too is, People, you know, like like we talked earlier about people, you know, kind of wanting to see you because they think they've had a past life experience. Can they experience past lives and dreams? Oh, yes. Yes. A lot of people, a lot of people do. You can experience them in dreams. You can experience them almost in a sort of a lucid way. Like, you know, you're just taking a short nap in the afternoon, but all of a sudden, you know, you, you know, you've had some images and, and, and kind of a, perspective but you really weren't deeply asleep so the answer is yes because i won't go into details i know i had one a couple of years ago where yeah it it even looked like an old-timey photo mm-hmm. you know it was mm-hmm. that cut it was that tinted that that that, that tan tinted color yeah of what was going on you know in this dream and it really shook me but it don't fit it all eventually fit together because I, I figured out what was going on but i mean mm-hmm. that's what i was wondering to, to let people know that the dreams can be a link to your past life Absolutely. Dreams and even just waking state, just like uh, just looking at that picture of the of our daughter-in-law as a young child. And it's like, oh, I know there's more to, you know, me knowing her than just this lifetime. 
Is that why, uh, you know, when you look at family photos that go way back, you will find members of your family that look like people that, 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 that I keep hitting this thing, uh, people that were born like, you know, like, like 40, 50, 60 years ago, or even a hundred years ago in your family. So are you, okay. I'm going to be sure that I understand why you're asking Charlotte. I'll ask that again. Okay. For instance, you're, you're flipping through a, a book and you mm -hmm. realize that your daughter looks like the great, 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 great grandmother or uh, a great, 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 great aunt from like hundred years ago or whatever. Right. In other words, are they the same soul? Right. Yes. And that's okay. common. That's common. Um, more common than people realize that um, because they're probably part of your pod. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Yeah, so, you know, three or four generations back, this is your nephew now or your grandchild now or your sis, you know, whoever it might be. Yes. That's actually quite common. Okay, because that yeah. goes along the line of like even strangers where like you were talking about your daughter-in-law, your future daughter-in-law, and you see her and you suddenly realize it looks like someone from, from your family. Yeah, it, it exactly. And that doesn't, uh, for example, I, I am fairly sure that our daughter-in-law is not in my pod. She's mm -hmm. in, an, in an adjacent pod. So I, I've, uh, my understanding is I've had more lives with the soul of our son than with the soul of our daughter-in-law. Nonetheless, I've known her before. It, it, I think maybe to make it simple as people are listening is that those people in your life that, and I'm oversimplifying here, but sure. those, those people in your life that are either close family, cr close friends, people you feel very connected to, it's very likely you've had lives with them before. Okay. Okay. What do you say to somebody who thinks that, 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 that they might've had a past life, you know, or, you know, if that makes sense, I, you know, if, if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I think, I think I've, I've had this past life experience, how do you encourage them to have regression or, or, or do you not encourage them to do the regression? Well, a um, couple things. Um, one would be if they feel like they just have, bare bones details, um, mm -hmm. as opposed to they know a lot of the details. If they don't have a great deal of specifics, then I'll encourage them to, to have a regression. And so that, that probably brings up something I haven't said, but is, is, is extremely important point. So if a client comes for a regression and they're going to discover a past life, I don't choose the past life they discover. The Technically speaking, the past life that is is revealed to them that they discover is a past life their spiritual guides choose for them to know about because knowing about that past life assists them in their present life. There's some there's always a connection between the past life that surfaces in a regression and the meaning and the connection to to current life. Let's talk about one thing we haven't talked about yet is children. Okay. Who experience past lives. There's a lot of TV shows about that and stuff. Have you had any, any clients that have brought their kids forward to say, Hey, look, you know, my kids having dreams or drawing these weird photo pictures. Yes. I, I have regressed children. Um, it's hard to regress extremely young children. So mm -hmm. ch children under the age of 12 or 13, um, 
if they're going to, to if they're going to be aware of their past lives, it's usually spontaneous memory. Okay. And so there there are a number of books and skilled people that help children that are young children deal with those spontaneous memories. So usually a child under the age of about 12, they're not sophisticated enough in their current body to go into relaxation, discover the detail of, details of a past life and, and, and apply it to their current life. But I've regressed lots of people 12, 13 and older, um, just like I regress adults. But, but there are a lot of people that have done, um, some of the listeners are probably thinking about there, there are two or three well-known people in the world who um, have worked with children with spontaneous past life memories. And the past life memories are amazingly detailed. And usually the spe- specifics can be verified. I was going to say, do you think it's easier for children because they've just been, you know, they're, they're, they're that much closer to being, bo- you know, born, reborn than we are as adults? It's like anything else, like somebody that has psychic abilities, you have them when you're a kid, if you believe in that stuff, you know, you have them when you're a kid, but then as you get older, you kind of lose that. Yes, I think it, I think it's, it's two things. It's one, they haven't been in body as long mm-hmm. as we have as adults. And two, they're less sort of layered over with all the do's and don'ts or hiding what they're thinking or, you know, that, that, that happened for us as we get older and older. So I think it's both. Uh, could you tell me a story about, no names again, about a child that, that you have regressed? Well, the one that comes to, yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes when I'm asked questions like that, it's like, you know, I have trouble pulling up a memory. In this sure. case, I, in this case, I don't. Um, I, I regressed a young person a number of years ago. And this young person um, who knew little about Abraham Lincoln, President Lincoln, and knew little about how Lincoln died in Ford's theater um, being, you know, assassinated in in Ford's theater in in Washington DC and when i regressed this this young person the details of that evening and what happened in the theater were like crystal clear the description of clothing and the structure of the theater and what happened in the box where uh Lincoln and his wife um and the vice president and his wife were sitting Mm-hmm. This young person was present. This young person was not president. <laughs> this young person was not, you know, Abraham Lincoln. This right. young, this young person was present that night in the theater in a past life. Whoa! whoa it was pretty. Whoa. It was pretty, I've been pretty amazing. It, it was. I, I mean, I have to say, I love what I do because it's completely fascinating. Man, I would love to see those sessions, but of course, yeah. you know, they're private, but yeah. Question from this chat room. When you meditate or go to your hall of information, is that a picture of your past life? It it can be. Yes. Yes, totally. I mean, some people can, you know, I, I often use the term, sort of the metaphor, hall of wisdom, which mm-hmm. a, a lot of people would also call that the Akashic Records. And yes, can some people access their past lives in the way this listener is 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 describing? Absolutely, yes. 
What do you think is um, the most common life that people lead, lead in the past life? Well, when you ask that, what comes to my mind, Charlotte, is a theme, a theme, a, a theme that I have heard more times than I can count. So it's it's the theme of the client, male or female in life today. Mm -hmm. The client is a woman in the past life. And as the woman in the past life, and I think this is a, a global issue we're working on on our planet, but so the client is male or female in current life, goes to a past life as a woman and has a major trauma. Major trauma could be falls in love, but the spouse is abusive. Um, falls in love, but the father, her father in the past life thinks that the the love, the boyfriend is not at the same station in life as, as my client, the woman. And so, or there's a, an early death, uh, the client's mother dies early in their life, father dies, boyfriend dies, lover dies, sibling dies, blah, blah, blah. And the client then becomes so depressed, downtrodden, that they basically just, they, they don't necessarily take their life. Although that mm -hmm. happens on occasion in past lives, that does happen. They just live out a life of never doing anything with their life, not accomplishing much in their life. And they just kind of cave into the, to the trauma. That's a very common theme that obviously the, the client's guides are saying, be sure you don't do that in your current life. Don't, don't, cave, don't cave into trauma. Use trauma as a means of, of growth. One last question. I had, I asked this to all, all my business people when I go to interview them. You're in Las Vegas. You're standing on the strip. You have an office. There's other people similar that do similar work to, as you do that have offices. How do you bring people into your office to do this? So that's an awesome question. Um, The first thing that comes to my mind would be um, to, to that person who might come into my office, mm -hmm. follow your follow your intuition. Does coming into my office feel right to you? Do you get the kind of intuitive comfort level that I'm the person that mm -hmm. you're meant to work with? Or is it that person two doors down or two offices down that you get the hit, the intuition? you're to work with them. Follow, follow your intuition. Absolutely. How do people contact you? Go to my website, um, www.ravenlikethebird, heart, like the heart in your chest, center.com. And I'll just say, which surprised me when I learned this, my website is down this weekend because the web provider is upgrading their whole service. But ravenheartcenter.com, I think from Monday on. Okay, fair enough. And how do people get your books? You can find them on Amazon. You can also go to my website. We have um, hard copies of all three books. If you don't want to purchase them on Amazon, um, hard copy or Kindle. 
Okay. Well, thank you very much, Linda. I, Dr. Linda, I appreciate having you on. I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and I learned so much today about past lives. It's just crazy. My pleasure. Well, thank you, Charlotte. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Thanks. And hopefully sometime in the future we can get you back on, okay? If, That'd if be you're great. agreeable. All That'd right, fair great. enough. All thank right, you thank so you. much. Thank have you. a good have a good weekend. You too. Bye bye. All right. I did learn a lot on this one, and I'm I'm so glad I got Dr. Linda on today. Um we're gonna do a special show. Another special show coming up is gonna be Sunday. We're changing pace a little bit. And um I'm gonna it's gonna be a 10 o'clock show su- Sunday morning. And my guest is going to be Dr. Debbie Felton, who has done research on serial killers of the ancient world. So we're going to learn a little bit about these these guys in the ancient world. Maybe, maybe Caesar falls in that category. I don't know. You know. So we're going to find out who these guys are. But it's going to be about uh, serial killers of the ancient world. Now, if you like the show, share it with five of your friends. If you didn't like the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're just trying to get the word out about the show. That's the key. And you guys are doing really good with it, man. I'm telling you, the downloads are the downloads are flying off the shelves, as they say. And I'm really excited about that. The other thing is that you can see that ticker running along the bottom of the uh, the uh, screen there. And that's because we are a nonprofit organization. And we everything you know for this comes out of my pocket. So the internet, the, the computers, the whole ballgame. And so, it, you know... Like everybody else, money's tight and all this is going on. And if you guys could find it in your heart to donate just even $5 with, you know, or, or something like that. I sound like KVIE, I know, I'm sorry, but that's how it is. Um, at paypal.me at California Haunts, that would be great. I really appreciate it. The other thing we're having issues with is our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel does not have a dedicated URL. And what that means is that if you Google us to go find the YouTube channel, you're not going to find us, and I don't care how you do how you conduct the Google; it's not going to happen. So the only way to do that is we have to have a certain number of subscribers, and we haven't reached that point yet. So how do you do that? You go to our website at www.californiahauntsradio.com. You click on the video that's on the front of the website. That'll take you to the YouTube page. From there, you can pick any video you want. All our videos are there. You can pick any video you want and press that subscribe button. And the more subscribers we have, we're within about 15 or 20 subscribers right now of being able to get a dedicated URL. So nobody has to like do the whole bypass thing. So if you could do that, I'd really appreciate it. But again, I thank you guys for coming and I will see you Sunday at 10 a.m. to talk with, with, with Debbie Felton about serial killers of the ancient world. And with that in mind, I want you guys to have a good couple days. And again, I will see you and have a good one.